In Philosophy in a Time of Terror, Giovanna Boradori pulls together Habermas and Derrida, two of the greatest thinkers of our time, in order to attempt to develop a new philosophical understanding of terrorism in the context of the world after 9-11. It's interesting that both Habermas and Derrida, though differing in their analyses of the condition of the event itself, agree upon what they believe to be the appropriate response to terrorism. Derrida begins by deconstructing the event of 9-11 itself. He interrogates the fact that the event is named by its date, arguing that this shows both the inability of language to properly define the event, as well as the large uncertainty surrounding exactly what occurred. Through media's repetition of 9-11, the date becomes a kind of ritual incantation, or an intuition without a concept, showing that we do not yet know how to qualify the event as a whole. Not only that, but the prescription of a specific date to the event serves to root the event in the past, not allowing for the fearsome thought that such an event could ever possibly occur again. On the concept of terrorism, both Habermas and Derrida view it as a sort of ambiguous social construct, as it has been historically seen as a matter of perspective. On this point, Derrida says that terrorists might be praised as freedom fighters in one context, but denounced as terrorists in another, such as in the Afghan struggle against Soviet occupation even if it's the very same fighters with the very same weapons. Habermas, however, distinguishes between this kind of national liberation movements and terrorism, claiming that terrorism is void of a political agenda. Following this distinction, Habermas thus condemns the United States' war on terror, as it both prescribes a political status to terrorism and amounts to a severe overreaction to an undetermined foe. Derrida, in his typical fashion, states the necessity of the deconstruction of the idea of terrorism, as is used by the public, government officials, and media, who suppose it to not need a definition, merely serves to benefit terrorism by feeding the very monstrosity they claim to overcome. Habermas has an interesting view on religious fundamentalism, taking it to be a specifically modern phenomenon. As fundamentalism removes the gap between religion and politics that the Enlightenment created, Fundamentalism is contrary to the secularization of modern times, making it a phenomenon. Habermas also claims that the rise of terrorism resulted from a breakdown of communication. Fundamentalism and terrorism have a sort of distorted communication between them, which has spiraled into violence. This process begins with distorted communication, causing all members to have mistrust, leading to the breakdown of communication and thus to violence. Habermas identifies the root of this problem to be globalization, claiming that globalization has had a major impact on the rise of terrorism. Derrida likewise acknowledges the downsides that globalization has had for many Western countries. As globalization further increases the gap between rich countries and poor countries, the poor countries suffer as a result. This increasing gap causes the communication between the rich and the poor to begin to distort and thus causes the relationship between them to spiral into violence. For the poor, violence becomes to be seen as the only way for their voice to be heard. Both Derrida and Habermas also discuss the concept of tolerance in relation to the recent religiously founded violence. Derrida criticizes the American war on terror as hypocritical in light of the American ideal of tolerance. Both thinkers are critical of the restrictive and slightly intolerant nature of tolerance, as many of the relationships of so-called tolerance actually consist of the weak having to abide by the rules of the strong. Derrida says that tolerance is most often used on the side of those with power, as a kind of condescending concession, 
or a form of charity. Derrida hopes for such forms of tolerance to change into pure or unconditional hospitality, where hum humanity could be allied in non-political terms. Continuing the idea of hospitality or an alliance of humanity, as far as the correct response to terrorism goes, both Derrida and Habermas agree that, as Kant had anticipated, classic international law must be transformed into world citizenry, or a cosmopolitan order. Contrary to the modern phenomenon of fundamentalism, they state that the Enlightenment ideas of purely secularized human rights must be the basis on which cosmopolitanism is founded. Both Derrida and Habermas believe that the strengthening of international law and the abandonment of nation-states is the necessary response to terrorism. On this note, they also argue for the elevation of the significance of the decisions reached by international law, contrasting this hopeful future with the current thoughtlessness of the American decision to enter into war against Iraq. Continuing their agreements, both Derrida and Habermas posit that Europe is the sole secular entity in the world, starkly contrasting from both American and Islamic rhetoric. As such, they argue that it should be Europe's responsibility to continue the work of the Enlightenment by promoting secularization and to strengthen the power of international institutions. Interestingly enough, Habermas presents the idea that a confrontation will arise between Europe and the United States. Both Habermas and Derrida believe Europe holds the responsibility of stopping any possible return to religion's strong influence in politics. So due to the rhetoric of the United States, specifically political discourse in the U.S. often containing not-so-subtle religious undertones, with Derrida referencing the common use of God Bless America, Europe will be forced to prevent America's return to religion. Derrida also identifies what he calls a strange war without war between the Islamic fundamentalists and the United States, which takes the form of a confrontation between two groups with a strong religious identification. These claims were shocking for me to hear, and really caused me to take a step back and evaluate the current position and rhetoric of the United States. Though I think that the conservative tradition is riddled with heavily religious beliefs and aligned quite closely at times with Christianity, I find Derrida's prediction of a religious conflict to be unrealistic. Religion may infiltrate the political sphere in America somewhat, but I cannot think of any evidence to support the idea that our decision as a nation, specifically that of entering into a war, are founded upon religious ideas rather than reason. So there you have it, my analysis of the major arguments of Habermas and Derrida. I find their ideas to be quite provocative, especially those of their predictions of what is to come on the international scale. Thanks for listening.